Hebrews chapter 12, that's where we're headed. And we're in the middle of a series of thoughts um, that have come off the back of our Vision Sunday message. If you were here at the end of January, you would have heard Pastor Randy, our senior pastor. Remember, we're one church in many different locations. And you would have heard the Vision Sunday message uh, that was all about this thought of running our best lap Yes. If you haven't yet listened to that message or watched the video, I'd really encourage you to go to family.church and you can catch up uh, with it. Running our best lap yet. And we were talking about running the best lap in terms of running with the mission that Jesus has given to us. Remember this? That mission being these three things and focus that we want to see soul saved, people discipled and people set free. That's what we're really believing for uh, this year. So Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 are some, this central verse, and we've had some thoughts coming off the back of that Vision Sunday. And Hebrews 12 verse 1 says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. So we've been saying over the last few weeks that God has set a race before us for us to run. As has been said, we've got to be making sure we're running the right race. But God has set a race before us to run. And we're going to run that race with ever greater passion this year. Amen. I'm going to run it with ever greater passion. My family are going to run it with ever greater passion. We as a church want to run this race that God has given to us with ever greater passion this year. But here's what we've been highlighting over the last couple of weeks in particular. That we will never run our best lap and we will never run at top speed all the time that we are weighed down, held back or tripped up. Remember the analogy that we've been sharing that if we were to go for a run this morning but before you started running I handed you this massive great big box that was really heavy to carry. You're going to run a whole lot slower than if you didn't carry that box. If I was to run alongside you and keep pulling you back or tripping you up then your running is going to be Affected. We've talked about the fact that an athlete will never run their quickest lap all the time that they're carrying an injury. An athlete's career will always be hampered by a recurring injury. So we've been talking about the fact that as it is in natural running, so it is in spiritual running. As it is with a natural athlete, so it is with us as spiritual athletes because we can talk all we, like, all we like or until we're blue in the face about running our best lap yet. This year, 2022, I'm going to run my best lap yet. We can say it over and over again. It doesn't matter how many times you say it. If you are carrying an injury or if you are being held back or if you are being weighed down by something, then it is going to affect the way that you run. And so the writer of Hebrews in what we've just said, read says, lay aside some stuff, throw it off, never to be picked up again so that you can run your best lap yet. So, so far we've looked at two different messages. They've been quite hard-hitting messages. We talked about pride. We talked about anger. And I said a couple of weeks ago, you can tell when something's hitting the mark because it suddenly goes very quiet. And that's what we've had over the last two weeks. But the Holy Spirit, I believe, has begun to do an inner work in us. He's done it in me as I've been preparing for these messages. Now, today... I want to talk about something a little bit different, but something that, again, has the potential to weigh us down. And I believe that this is something that affects each and every single one of us to one degree or another, at one time or another. We all know what it's like to experience this thing that I want to speak on today, which is worry. I want to talk today about worry, about 
fears, about anxiety, about worry. We live in a day and an age that is full of worry and anxiety. In fact, it seems like the stuff that's on the menu of things you could worry about in 2022, it seems like every day that you wake up, that list seems to be getting longer and longer when you look at the world around us. Worry is something that when we succumb to it, it will be like a weight that slows us down from running the race that God has for us. Now in a, in a room this size with this many people and different age demographics represented, chances are what I'm worried about is different to you and there's different worries that we all carry, yet I believe that in one sense they can be lumped into some common things that I want us to look at this morning. Now about eight years ago, I spoke on worry, and I used this illustration that I make no apologies for using for again if you were here eight years ago, because it's a very helpful visual illustration, I believe, for us to understand what it's like when we actually walk around with worries upon our lives. So I'm not as young as I was eight years ago when I did this illustration, so I'm actually going to ask Daniel uh, to come up, give Daniel some encouragement this morning. And, And here's what I want you to do. Daniel, if you can just put one of those on your, put that one on your front, on your front, and that one on your back, we're going to even this out a little bit. And you, you just come and stand here for a moment. Now, how, how's that for you, Daniel? Is that all right? Okay, yeah, yeah. Can, can you walk around freely? Yeah, yeah. Go, go for a little run, go for a little run, go on. Go. <laughs> Look at that. All right, so this is us. When we're walking around life, living our best life, there's nothing going on, we're all good. But I want you to see that when we take on worries, it will affect us. Now here I've got some, some bricks, and actually when I got them yesterday, they're a little bit um, heavier than I first thought, hence why he's sharing out the load, as you'll see in just a moment. But for some of you, these things represent things that you are currently worrying about. Now, if we listed everything, it would have been like an Arctic lorry bringing in some bricks. So we've narrowed it down to six things this morning, but I want us to see. Some of you today are worrying about money. You have very pressing concerns about money. Some of you worry about whether you have enough of it. Some of you worry whether you're going to make the end of a month. Some of you feel like, okay, I've got enough to survive, but what if a boiler breaks? I'll never be able to replace it. What if my car goes? I'll rely on my car for going everywhere. And if my car broke down, I'd never be able to replace it. Some of you, the the cost of living crisis is a genuine, real concern to you. For others, you think, will I ever be able to rent a home? Will I ever be able to purchase a place of my own? And what I want you to see is when you take on this worry, it's like Daniel here taking this on. And we begin to carry it around with us every single day. Now, for others of you, it's not so much money, but it's, it's health. You're concerned about your health. Some of you, over the last two years, have been crippled with anxiety and fears concerning COVID. And that what you see on the news and what you hear and what people say. And it's been a worry to you that you've been carrying. For other people, maybe you're awaiting tests or results from the hospital. Maybe you found a lump and you are worried and you're carrying that worry with you. For some of you, maybe the fear is of getting older. And what will I be like health-wise? What will my mind be like? Will I be okay? And you carry these worries about your health. And you're walking around every day with those worries 
on your back. I really hope that bag doesn't split. Okay. <laughs> Some of you are worried about work. You're in between jobs. You're wondering whether you're going to get another job. Some of you are fearful of redundancies that they're talking about in your workplace. Some of you uh, are worried maybe because we've got ignition and maybe some of you worry about school and schoolwork and exam results and all manner of different things. Maybe you have presentations that you need to do and it's again a genuine concern that you carry a, a worry but I want you to see that was very diplomatic Dan. Danny was like okay no more on my back we're going to go forward with some okay but it's a worry that you carry. I'm going to go a little bit quicker now, okay. Okay, but then we've got relationships. Some of you are worried about your relationships with your kids. Worried about your relationship with your spouse, your marriage relationship. Some of you are worried, will I ever find that person to settle down with? It's a worry that you carry. Some of you are worried about your relationship with God and how that is. And again, all the time that you add these worries into your life, it's a heavy burden that you carry. Some of you are worried about a category that I've just put as you. You're worried about what do people think of me? Do I fit in? You're worried about will I ever truly make friendships that are more than just saying hello? Some of you are worried about whether you can keep up the persona that you feel you have to have in order for people to genuinely like you and be around you. Some of you carry worries about things that you did, regrets that you have about the past. And, and what I want you to see is they may just be a thought, but actually they are stuff that you carry with you on a daily basis. And then I've just put a category called global. So some of you are so uh, worried about so much in life that actually what you see on the news concerns you. You woke up this morning, you have genuine worries about what's happening on the Ukraine border and, and Russia. And whereas of other people may not even be aware or they just brush it off, to you it's a genuine worry. You have worries about the global economy. You, you have worries about the bigger things of life. And what I want you to see is as you carry these on a daily basis, you are being weighed down. Now, Daniel, how does that feel? Pretty heavy. Okay, I, I promise you, I'm not going to keep you up here much longer. Just try going for a little bit. It's, it's like, oh, don't do that to me. Oh, look at him. This poor child, and what a terrible pastor. I know where you're going with this. Okay, just, just a moment longer now. I, wa I want you to see this. Okay, Proverbs 12, verse 25. Worry weighs a person down. I love how bluntly the New Living Translation, worry weighs a person down. I want you to see that worry weighs heavy. It becomes heavy on your mind. It becomes heavy on your life. It feels sometimes like there's a pressure upon you that's actually physical in the way that you carry it. That, that there's a demand. It, it steals your time. It affects so much of your life. It, it follows you. It's on you when you go to school. It's on you when you go to the workplace. It's, it's on you when you're with your loved ones. It's, it's there at night. You can't take it off. It's there in the middle of the night when you wake up. Sometimes that's when it feels the heaviest. Worry weighs heavy. So let me ask you this one question. What worry are you carrying today? See, we've walked in and there's no rucksacks on us, but actually in one sense there is. There's, there's a heaviness upon you. What is it that you're worrying about that you're carrying today because worry weighs heavy? Okay, Daniel, I'm going to take this 
off you now. Oh, you're trapped. Okay, let's give Daniel a massive round of applause. He's done his gym for the day. He's done his workout. I'm so glad he didn't like just fall on the floor. Jared and Steph are good people. They may well have sued me, so I'm glad that worked out very well. Okay, a little visual illustration, but I want you to have that in your mind as we journey through this morning, that worry weighs heavy. Now, one day Jesus was speaking to some people who, like you and I, could worry about life. And this is what he said, Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. We're going to read down to verse 34. This is Jesus speaking to a crowd of people, and he says this, That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Now, interestingly, he's just been talking about money, and he says, That's why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest um, or store food in the barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all of his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat, what will we drink, what will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all of your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. So Jesus looks at these people and he says this, these words, do not worry. Now it talks about clothing and food, but he's, it, it's a broader context than that. He says, do not worry. And when we hear that and when we read that, our response so often can be, that's really nice, Jesus, but actually it doesn't feel like real life. A little bit like when Jesus says, love your enemies. It sounds like something we'd like to do, but something that we struggle to do in real life. And so for many people, they dismiss these words completely out of hand as some kind of idealistic worldview that actually isn't possible in life. Jesus, I've got real concerns. I've got real pressing stuff going on in my life right now. So it's really easy for you to say, do not worry, but this feels really real to me. And so we dismiss it. But here's what I want us to actually see today. I want us to look at what Jesus isn't saying just for a moment so that we can actually look at what Jesus is saying and take on board what he's saying in a way that allows us to strip off worry and allows us to run with endurance for race that Christ has set before us. So here's a couple of things I believe Jesus isn't saying in Matthew chapter 6. I don't believe for one second in Matthew chapter 6 Jesus is carrying the attitude, don't worry, be happy. How many of you remember that, that song? Don't worry, be... Gerald, just, just play us a little bit of it this morning. Don't worry, I'm not going to sing along with it. But this is a song. Now, if you've never heard this song, everyone remember this? Turn it up. Just, there we go. Some of you are like, yeah, I know this song. Here's a little song I wrote. You might want to sing it note for note. Don't worry. Be happy. Okie doke. That's enough of that, Gerard. That was a turn into some kind of like Everybody Abba, Abba sing along. 
Everyone obviously thinks that's Bob Marley. It's not Bob Marley, it's Bobby McFerrin, but that's a little quiz question for you. But some people believe that that's the attitude of what Jesus is saying. Don't worry, be happy. And that's like the, the mentality that some people carry in life, right? Some people, as the saying goes, are so laid back, they're horizontal. Some people are like, don't worry. No, no worries. Akuna Matata, to call another phrase. No worries for the rest of your days. But actually, although the beginning sounds kind of right, don't worry, which is what Jesus is saying, the whole attitude of don't worry, just be happy, kind of can be this place where we're denying the reality of what's going on. It's this kind of attitude of just bury your head in the sand and hope it will all go away. When actually the Bible deals with realities. Read the Bible, it doesn't leave out the bad bits. It's full of Goliaths, it's full of lion's dens, it's full of fiery furnaces, it's full of um, illnesses that Jesus had to heal. It's full of all this stuff that's very real in life. So I don't believe the attitude of don't worry, be happy is what Jesus is getting at here. Because it's very easy to say, oh, the Lord will just provide and not realize that actually there's often stuff that Christ needs us to do as a step of faith. Not that it's reliant on us, but that we move in faith. So I don't believe it's don't worry, be happy. I also don't believe that Jesus is saying we should have this attitude. Don't worry, I've got everything under control. You meet some people like this, right? Don't worry, I've got everything mapped out. I've got everything under control. You speak, oh, that, that sounds quite taxing. Don't worry, I know what I'm doing. I've got it all sorted out. Now again, to begin with, it sounds kind of good, but the Bible tells us we should plan, we should be diligent, we should seek God, but the heart of the matter is trusting in God, and trusting in yourself is definitely not trusting in God. And some of you are in situations in your life right now, you're doing all the natural stuff, but you haven't even stopped to pray. You've got all the wisdom of the world of how to deal with this and how to deal with that, but you haven't actually sought the wisdom of God for your situation. Proverbs 3, verse 5 to 6, says, Trust in the Lord, not in yourself. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Don't lean on your own understanding. You can plan, but if the last two years have taught us anything, it's that even the best laid plans go by the wayside. But ultimately, we are not in control. Jesus says, do not worry. But I don't believe that that attitude is do not worry. Have it all under control in your own strength. So maybe, yes, you need to do stuff, but don't put your reliance upon yourself. Here's what I believe Jesus is saying this morning. A couple of points. Worrying misses the point of life. You know, sometimes we need to step back from all the bricks that we're carrying and realize that actually a lot of our worry misses the whole point of life and gets us to look at life in the wrong perspective. See, see sometimes you talk with people when they're worried that the mortgage company hasn't given them that finance for the house or the finance for the extension on the house. Meanwhile, somebody over here has absolutely no home and is just desperately looking for a sleeping bag so that we can stay warm at night while they sleep on the streets. Sometimes we, we worry that our kids have been slightly misbehaving when somebody else's child is in prison and, and in this place of dependency on drugs. Sometimes we worry, and it's a real genuine worry, I'm not downplaying it, of, of food bills being higher and the cost of living and, and, and the shopping at this shop being more expensive than what it was before. Yet at the very same time, children around the world are literally starving to death. 
with no clean running water as we carry these worries but turn on our taps and have all this clean water coming out of our taps. Sometimes worrying misses the point of life. You can be worried about your bad hair day and genuinely worried. Oh no, what will people think? My hair isn't set exactly right. Meanwhile, a cancer sufferer who's lost their hair wishes they could have a bad hair day. Worrying misses the whole point and the context is skewed. Here's another thought. Worrying is illogical. Very often worry is completely at odds with the facts of the matter. Jesus said this in verse 26. Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, but your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can you see the logic in that? That Jesus is saying, hang on a minute, birds don't worry. How much more will God treat you correctly? That you're his child. That he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Worrying is illogical. It doesn't add up. You do the maths. So often we're over here trusting God with our eternity, with our salvation, the very biggest thing in life, yet over here we're worrying about a phone bill or an exam result. Worrying can so often seem illogical. And a lot of worrying is about stuff that will actually never even become a factor in our life. Jesus also says this, worrying is a waste of time. Jesus says worrying is is fruitless, it's unproductive, it's pointless. And when you take everything else away, it, it won't change anything. But what it will do is cause you to carry a whole load of weight that you don't need to carry in your life. What it will do is steal your time. What it will do is rob people's affection and attention that you should be giving to them because your focus is all on the worries of life. Jesus says, can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Worrying misses the point of life. It's illogical. It's a waste of time. Worrying is bad for your health. Jesus says, can worrying add a single moment to your life? No, but actually the opposite is true, that worrying can decrease your life experience and your life expectancy. Worrying can cause you to be struggling with illness. Worrying can damage your health and stress can steal your time and sap your energy. It robs others of you. Worry weighs heavy. Now Jesus is saying all of this kind of stuff, and then he ends with this, the heart of the matter. Worrying demonstrates a lack of trust in God to provide. Yes, it's a waste of time. Yes, it's bad for you. All, all those kind of things. But this is the heart of the matter. That worrying is essentially a failure to trust in God. Verse 30, he says, why do you have so little faith? He goes on, verse 32. He says, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all of your needs. It's almost like Jesus is saying, if you didn't know God, I get it. Because this world worries. And this world has a lot to worry about. But you know your heavenly Father who knows ahead of time what it is that you need. And he is good. And he is faithful. And he is not a man that he would lie. He is good. And we can hear that. And we can believe that. And we can sing about that way maker, miracle worker. We can sing all of those words. Yet still some of us today are weighed down with worry. And I believe there are two main reasons for that. The first one is this. But if you were to be honest, you'd say, I I love God, I believe in him, but I can't help it. I worry about anything and everything. Maybe you're in a place in your life right now where 
you're just in this cycle of fear and worry and anxiety. You worry about opinions. You worry about money, about health, about anything and everything. And the reality is you're allowing worry to cause you to be handcuffed in a way that is affecting your life and affecting your run with God. All the time that we allow the enemy to feed us lies. Do you know what that's what he'll do? He'll just keep speaking suggestions into your life. And all those suggestions are just lies because the Bible says he's the father of lies. When he speaks, lying in his, is his native language. And soon enough, you have all these worries that have turned into fear and anxiety. And every day you are carrying around this burden on your life that is stealing so much of your experience of life. Now, if actually if you've got to a place where you feel like you're just in so much captivity to fear, to worry, to anxiety, let, let me tell you, there is hope. And there is a freedom in Christ. Now, sometimes when you've come to this level, it may need some support, it may need some uh, guidance, it may need some professional support. But let me tell you, in pastoring over many years, we have seen countless people set free from some of the greatest anxieties and fears and worries because their faith has been renewed. The renewing of the mind and the living word of God has transformed their experience of life. If you are in that place that feels so hopeless today, let me say this there is hope. And freedom can be found in Christ. Now, for the majority of us, we're probably not there. But our reality is more this, that we hear the words of Jesus. And our heart wants to agree with us with those words. But our head says, right now, life is tough and it's very hard not to worry. For some of you, worry is a very real and present battle. And it's not simply because your mind's been almost trained now to worry the very moment a thought comes into your mind. But it's that situation that you may be sitting here saying, I hear all that you're saying, Steve. It all sounds really nice that worrying is a waste of time and worrying is illogical. I get all that you are saying, but right now, life is tough and I have real concerns. You live my life and try not to worry. You say, I've got concerns about my kids, about my health, about my job, about my marriage, about so much. And we need to live in the truth of what we highlighted a moment ago, that Jesus doesn't say, ignore those things. He doesn't say, bury your head in the sand and hope it will all go away. But he wants us to see that those things are robbing us of our life. Those things are weighing us down on a daily basis. And so... He offers another way. He offers us an alternative today. And this is what Jesus says in his word. Give your worries to me. It sounds so simple, yet if we could actually grasp the simplicity of it, our lives would be transformed. He says, instead of carrying this around day after day with it weighing you down, you have an option. Give your worries to me. To me, Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30. Jesus says, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give to you 
It's like, here's Jesus talking to these guys who have been under all these heavy rules and regulations that have been set by the Pharisees, all these demands upon their life, and it's weighing heavy upon their life. They're worried about whether they're ever going to keep up with the demands that the Pharisees are putting upon their life. And Jesus says, do you know what? You can trade all of that in for my yoke which is easy to carry, which is like Daniel at the beginning, walking around with those two empty racks. Like it's a burden that is light. It's a burden that is reliant on him, that is about faith in him, trusting in him, depending on him. And today we need to understand that that same Jesus, 2,000 years later, speaks to family church in heaven and says the offer remains the same. Give your burdens to me today. Give your worries to me today. Exchange it for something that is light to bear. See, we need to understand that the real solution to worries and anxieties isn't found in a formula. It's not found in a chemical. It's not found in escapism. It's found in a person, and his name is Jesus. And so many people could come up here and testify to that truth today that there's other things that can help you, but ultimately the person that our worries will be finding their place in is the person of Jesus. Philippians 4, verse 6 to 7. I want to read this from a message paraphrase. It says, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Many of the things that we worry about in reality, if we're truthful, we haven't yet prayed about. And Paul says, instead of worrying, pray. Let petition and praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good, will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. Now again, we need to understand, this is Paul writing this. And as we've said before, Paul is writing this from a Roman prison cell. He's in a place where the conditions are horrendous. Sewage is running through it. He's in pain. He's in agony. Okay, so he's not on some beach somewhere writing this postcard, sipping his pina colada with, don't worry, be happy, playing in this background with his big sombrero hat saying, hey, it's all going to be okay. He's in a place where life is real, where pressures are upon him. And he says, do you know what? Give God your worries. Pray. And when you do, in exchange, you'll receive his peace, his assurance, his rest. 1 Peter 5 verse 7, final verse. It says this, give all your worries and your cares to God, for he cares for you. Again, that thought coming through, that message coming through over and over and over. Hand your worries over to him. Don't try and carry this any longer. Other translations say, cast your burdens. If you do any fishing, what, what does it mean to cast it means to launch out, to throw, to, to, to chuck, cast. That's what we do in prayer. When Ellie was speaking earlier about prayer, in that moment of prayer, what we're saying is, I'm not going to carry this anymore. I'm going to cast it. Never to be drawn back in. Never to, to do the real. I'm going to cast it and leave it exactly there. Letting him take control. Now, now all of that, doesn't mean that we leave this place after having some tea and coffee in a moment and everything has changed. 
It doesn't mean that your problems ex externally to you are any different. You maybe go home and you let, I'll be truthful to you because many pastors aren't. You may go home and your troubles are worse. I know you want me to say everything will be fine. You may go home and your troubles are worse. This week, your troubles may be worse, but something will have changed on the inside of who you are. When you choose to make this decision, when we begin to see it from his perspective, the weight is removed and in its place we are given his rest. You can only experience joy and you can only experience peace in the midst of your troubling circumstances when you choose to give the weight of your worry over to God. Let me end with this. I want to throw this question. At the start of the message, I asked you, what weight are you carrying right now? What worry is on your shoulders right now? The question I want to end with, and we're going to pray, is how much longer are you going to keep carrying this weight of worry around? How much longer, how many more mornings are you going to wake up and walk around life with this burden upon your life, upon your shoulders, stealing your time, affecting your life. Because the writer of Hebrews says, it's time to throw it off. It's time to pull it down. It's time to cast it aside. It is weighing you down. And faith says, and belief in Jesus Christ, and his word declares, there's a day that's coming where things will change. And there's a day that's coming when your situation will be better. Because God knows the beginning from the end. He knows every detail of your life. He's got it covered. Jesus says, don't you know how valuable you are to God? God is good and God does good. Amen. Do we believe that this morning? God is good and he does good. And there is a day that's coming when it will work out. But in the meantime, until we reach that place, how much longer are you going to keep carrying that weight of worry around? But it's doing nothing for you than weighing you down and stopping you from running the race that God has for you in this life. So I'm just going to ask you just to, to stand to your feet this morning and just to just to close your eyes just to be in this place of prayer this morning I just want to offer you an opportunity to do a trade-off with God Jesus said 2,000 years ago come to me he was speaking to a specific group of people about a specific moment but this morning I believe Jesus wants to say to you come to me if you're heavy laden if you have this burden upon your life which may not be that somebody's putting some religious demands upon your life like the Pharisees were but it may be all the stuff that we've spoken about or something that we even haven't highlighted and there's a burden upon you and you know in this moment of prayer we can make a choice that can change us internally as I said external stuff may still be the same but internally you're going to make a decision I'm laying that down I'm casting that aside no longer will I wake up tomorrow morning and carry that heavy burden. Some of you, every morning, do you know what you do? Yes, you sleep with it and there's that weight upon you. Others of you, first thing in the morning, you almost pull on that rucksack. You go straight to the news. You go straight to your bank account. You go straight to your emails. Is there any news? What's happening? And you pick up that worry and you walk around with it the very next day. Today you have a moment, an opportunity that no one else can do for you. This is your choice. This is internal. But I want to pray for you this morning. Jesus, we're here before you knowing that you're real, 
knowing that you care. Jesus, you're the same Jesus who spoke those words that were recorded down that we have today to read and to learn from. That same Jesus, you're here today. And I thank you that that offer still remains today. So Lord, in this moment, I thank you that you give us this opportunity. That people can leave this place today having heard your word, having experienced your spirit. And we can leave this place having made a decision. And tomorrow morning, or even this afternoon, when we're in that place and the enemy tries to get us to pull on the rucksack again and to carry that weight and to carry that worry and to carry that burden of, of our, over our loved ones, over our finances, over our employment, over our relationships, over our future. Jesus, we want to be able to say no because I don't have that anymore. I've laid it at the foot of a cross. I don't have that anymore because I know one who carries my burdens. In this moment, just know what it is that you've been carrying. At the start of a message when I said, what is it that you're carrying? There's probably many things, but that main thing that you've been carrying. And in this moment, just release that. You're releasing responsibility for it. Do not lean on your own understanding but acknowledge him. Jesus, I thank you for a turnaround in situations. But in the meantime, while we wait, Lord, we want to be people of prayer who turn our worries into prayer. Your word says, do not be anxious for anything, but in prayer. So Lord, we make the decision. For no longer will we just repeat these worries over and over and over again. We're going to be a people of prayer that sees situations change. Not in our own strength, but in your strength, Jesus. Lord, I thank you that even this coming week, practically, when we go to worry, when we go to speak to somebody, when we go to send a text message and say, oh, it's terrible, this has happened now. This Lord, you would stop us in that moment. And instead, we would just pray. Knowing that prayer makes a difference because you respond to the prayers of a righteous person. So Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it changes us. I thank you that there is hope. Lord, I just speak over any person here today who is crippled with anxiety and fear. Lord, I thank you that in you there is hope. Lord, I thank you. So many testimonies that we know of people who have been set free. And we just speak your freedom over minds and hearts that right now are imprisoned by fear. Imprisoned by anxieties which crippling them. Lord, we just speak your freedom in your presence this morning. Lord, we speak your freedom over any person who's part of our church community who hasn't yet re-engaged because of fear because of anxieties. Lord, we just pray your strength, your comfort upon them. But Lord, that fear would no longer be around them. Lord, you said you have not given us a spirit of fear. We see fear for what it is and we say you do not belong in our lives as a child of God. The child of God will know no fear. So Lord, I just thank you, a release of your goodness and your kindness because your perfect love casts 
out all fear. Lord, may we be saturated with your love in such a powerful way that it stands at the doorway of our heart and says, fear will not come in. But it stands and guards our mind and says, fear will not be allowed in because the love of God is in this heart and in this mind. So Father, we just thank you for your word and for everything you've spoken to it, Lord. And we just thank you for your goodness to us. In your mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. Come on, just give him applause as we release those things.